Welcome to the Gospel Central Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Please visit our website at gospelcentral.church for more information. We are in part two of our series, Escaping Babylon. And in our first series, you guys will remember, we looked at the king of Babylon, the king of this world, Satan. We looked at how the devil got into the world and ultimately began to establish his kingdom or his rule and his reign on the planet. Now we're actually gonna start digging into uh, how he actually literally physically started with a city. It's quite interesting. God will start with a man. Uh, here, Satan literally starts with a city and out of that city, uh, an empire that will rise and fall over the ages, over and over again. Eventually what starts in a physical place ends as a spiritual entity that will actually ultimately establish its uh, rule and reign across the whole world. And so the whole world is actually going to come under his rule and his reign on a level that we've never seen and never will see again uh, before Jesus comes to uh, you know, restores himself, comes back to the earth and judges the world. So we're looking at this king and this world system and we're gonna dig into the first time Babylon emerged. And many of us would know the story in our Bibles of the Tower of Babel. And did you know that Babel was the first Babylon? It's actually where we get the name Babylon and still geographical Babylon is still situated where Babel was. So literally it became the foundation or the underpinning of every single Babylonian system that would emerge out of it. And right at the start, because there is a king over each of these different kingdoms, and we know that king is Satan, you'll see the same attributes or the same things happening over and over and over through the ages. So one of the amazing things about this is if we go back in history, is we actually learn what things we face today. Because history repeats itself, always has, always will. And because our Babylon, the world we live in, is the, has the same king as Babel, the first Babylon, you'll start to see the same manifestations of his kingdom on the earth. By looking there, we can understand here. And this will help us to begin to understand as we look through history, learning about this king of Babylon, Satan, and how he's extending his kingdom and his rule and reign on the earth. If we don't understand his kingdom, we can't escape it. So it's important that we dig in and learn some of these things. And so let's dig into where the city emerged. And we really have to go back right through to the book of Genesis. And soon after, obviously, the judgment of Adam and Eve, they were cast out of the garden, uh, ultimately now already under the rulership of Satan. And then the world became very evil and God judged the world and the flood, the global flood happened, which destroyed mankind. But God kept a family and that family began to repopulate the earth. And we see um, they began to, instead of obeying God, which God had said, go into the world and establish my rule and reign, they began to establish their own rule and their own reign. And in doing that, establishing a throne for the ultimate establishing a beast which the dragon the devil can give his throne to they established a worldly system and so what they did was they gathered together uh, on the Euphrates River in Iraq which is very near Baghdad today funny enough the original Babel stands very close to Baghdad the present Baghdad and on this area of land uh, they began to gather together in defiance of God in Genesis 9 verse 1 God had actually said 
Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. God has always wanted his people to go forward and to actually establish his rule and his reign on the earth. He wants his kingdom to come on the earth. But Adam and Eve and here at man is now in rebellion to God. And so instead of obeying the command of God to go, and you remember Jesus later would say, go into all the world and preach the good news. So he kind of goes back to that for us as Christians. That command remains that we need to continue to obey it as Christians. But here, instead of going, they gather together. And in Genesis 11 verse 4, we really start to see this city emerging and the spirit behind that city coming through. It says, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Right there rebellion to God. The first city that mankind ever created was a city rooted in rebellion. God said, go out and multiply. Man said, we're going to come together. We're actually going to rebel. And so right at the fabric of this, there is rebellion. And you'll remember, as we looked last week, you'll be like God. You'll define right and wrong. Man is now beginning to extend his own desire to really be like God, but behind man there is a dragon establishing his rule and reign through what's happening. And so they say, come let's build ourselves a city. And it's, it's quite interesting, there's some ingenuity. The Bible actually tells us that they used, uh, instead of rocks, which was the traditional way of building, they began to use bricks that they had baked. And they, they joined the city together with tar for mortar. And so what you start to find is ingenuity. Mankind for the first time is breaking through with massive uh, kind of feats in terms of ingenuity. And what, one of the things we'll find as you go back over through history is every single time Babylon emerges, both spiritual Babylon or physical Babylon, human brilliance is often at the core of this. And I would maybe argue, and it's an interesting thought, is it all br human brilliance? Or is Satan somehow bringing ultimately his own wisdom and giving his wisdom to mankind so that mankind can establish himself in rebellion to God and in independence of God? Are the world systems actually at their core designed by demonic doctrine and demonic thinking? That's an interesting thought. But human ingenuity, and, and again, come, the second thing there, come let us build ourselves a city. Instead of establishing God's rule and reign on the earth, we want to establish something for ourselves. This is saying, you know, God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But we've got this evil trinity on the earth. It's me, myself, and I. And here we see man right at his core, desiring to build himself a name, to make a name for himself, is what he says later. And so he begins to do something to find his own worth and his own identity. One of the concerning things for me as a Christian, as a leader in the church, is a deep longing for identity that I see in Christians today and in the church and in the world around us. So many of us are striving to find our worth and our identity. Most of our social justice systems that are driving much of the world today, shaping politics, are driven around human identity, human value, and human worth. All of this is rooted actually in rebellion to God. It's rooted in the fall, and it's actually rooted in, I will be like God. I will have a name, and I demand honor and respect. I demand equality with God. I demand equality with my fellow man. And the root of this is actually demonic. The root of these things is actually not of the kingdom of God, because Jesus came with such a different spirit, didn't he? He said, you know, I am among you as, a, as your Lord, but I bow down and wash your feet. 
He, Philippians 2 tells us, he being very nature equal with God, he was like God, made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient, even to death on the cross. And this was obedience to a being that he was equal to. And so the nature of the kingdom of God is humility and not striving for social justice and rights. The nature of the kingdom is to surrender those things. But the nature of Babylon is rights and demands. You know that it's evil if the world's bought into it and the world is bought into the social justice gospel. In fact, it's quite interesting. Social justice, when you see it, they say you get woke. Isn't that an exact copy of what it means to be born again? We were blind, but now we see as God opened our eyes. But to be woke means I was blind to this, but now I see it. To be woke means now I have a new morality, a new point in life, and it's the quality of man. It's to fight as a social justice warrior. Where in the kingdom of God, it is to establish his rule and his reign and to surrender my rights and to give these things up. <laughs> in the world, in the Babylonian system, we all demand to be equal. We all want to be treated the same. But in the kingdom of God, we understand there is rank. There is a sense that God is, the Father is over the Son, who is over the Spirit. We understand there are archangels. We understand there is obedience. The Bible calls us, even in our world, obedient children. And one of the challenges for Christian leaders today is how disobedient our children are today because they've so bought into Babylon that they actually think, you know, well, we're just all equal. And while we are all equal in value before God, God has laid order and rank and has clearly said in the church that we must obey our leaders and submit to their authority for they keep watch over us as men who must give an account. But Babylon says, no, don't submit to your leaders. You need to be equal with them. You can challenge them. You can fight them. You can do, disagree with them because, and make up your own mind. And there is a real sense that actually something of Babylon has crept into the church and is corroding and eating the kingdom of God. And it's destructive and it's dangerous. We will make a name for ourselves. The other thing is you see kingdoms being built, empires being built, even in the name of the church, in the name of Jesus. As men emerge and they on social media are making a name for themselves, using you know, various means to try and make their name great on the earth. The heart of this thing is rooted in a Babylonian desire, actually a demonic desire to make, to be like God, because God is worshiped. And I want to be worshipped too. I want to have a great name on the planet. I want to walk in to a place and be respected and revered. I want my opinion to count. I want to, I want to, I, I want, I want, I want. You know when it's I want? It's Babylonian. And the father of that is the devil. And he'll give you a throne and he'll give you his authority. But ultimately, he's seducing you away from the kingdom of God and the ways of the king. We'll make a name for ourselves. Listen, when it's about your identity, if you want to fight for your identity, you've lost this battle already. Lose your name. Jesus said, if you want to find your life, lose it. And if you lose your life for my name, you'll find it. The kingdom of God is so different and we mustn't buy into Babylon. Come out of here, my people, lest you share in her many sins and end up falling under her judgments. They said, we'll not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Uh, they want to come together and unity, funny enough, is actually here a demonic thing. Let us be one. Together we can do more. And so the heart here is that actually we together, let, let's unite the nations. Let's unite across the planet. Together we can do much more. And, uh, and you have to ask yourself the question in the world that we, which you live in. Globalism is the new inward. We want to 
cut the borders, drop the fences, let us all become one across the nations. This is the same spirit that we see in Babel. It's actually, and we'll see this emerge over and over and over again through the ages as Satan begins to establish his rule and his reign. And to do that, he must break down those individual things and establish one place that he will ultimately be king over. Uh, and the Bible tells us that they spoke one language uh, in Genesis 11 verse 1 in Babel. Now the whole world at this point had one language and a common speech. People thought the same and they, they, they spoke the same. Everyone could understand everyone else. And so because of that, they were able to do this incredible thing. They were able to build this incredible system, this incredible city. But actually the root of this thing is, is that people are actually going to have one language and a common speech. We live in a world where the United Nations is increasingly extending its rule and reign and influence into the autonomy of nations. We got groups like the African Union, the EU, uh, the rise of globalism. All of these things will be the foundation stones for ultimately a Babylonian system, which will extend its rule and reign. And we'll see this later as we continue the series, extend its, the rule and reign of the dragon over the earth. And all who buy into those systems will come under the influence of the dragon and will ultimately be in danger of not being part of the kingdom of our God. We're living in trying times as the same spirit that was there is actually re-emerging today and has re-emerged over and over again in history. It's quite interesting, one of the other things that we read about this Babel is that they say, let us build a tower that reaches to the heavens. This is in Genesis 11. Let us build a tower that reaches to the heavens. We began the series looking at Satan saying, I wanna be like God, man saying, I wanna be like God, and now, we're going to build in the city a tower that reaches to the heavens. And this, in the language of the day, is literally speaking about we will build a place of our own that actually is worthy of worship. We will build an empire, a tower, that will actually become a place where we'll be worshipped. Uh, we know that the Babylonians built a ziggurat, which is really a pyramid top uh, uh, building with stairs all the way around that reaches all the way to the heavens. And those that wanted to ascend to the heavens, to the, to the highest of heights, could walk up the stairs and literally come into, in their thinking, the highest heaven where they would be equal with God. And what this tells us is behind the Babylonian system is a religious way of thinking that we will be able to become right with God or like God by by being good people, by doing good things, by climbing up the stairs of our own effort. We'll walk up until we become like God and we won't need him anymore because we can define our own morality, we can define our own sense of right and wrong, which again is something that's happening in our day. It's been said that religion, which is actually a bad thing in the, in the way I'm using it right now, religion is actually man trying to reach up to be God. Christianity is God reaching down to save man. But this ziggurat, this building that they built, was actually a place where they were going to build a religious system because Babylon has always got a religious system, and we'll look at that later, that men will be able to find and be like God as they walk up with the steps of their own human effort, their own human ingenuity. They will build something that will give them glory and fame and power and adoration. Babylon always does this. And so we see this emerging of this first city that actually will emerge over and over again over history as Babylon continues to rise and fall, rise and fall. Uh, 
And it's the mercy of God that he judged this. He actually said, the Bible tells us, as God looked at this thing that they were doing in their unity, he said, oh my goodness, if they can get this right in their own selves, then what they could do anything. And so he judges Babel. And what he does is he comes down among them and he confuses their language. He literally means suddenly they can't speak the same language. And so the unity that they find is broken. <laughs> Let me say this. While God broke down that language today, we are trying to rebuild a global language where we can hear one another, find another, think the same and act the same across a global village that we now call our planet. And so again, we see this spirit rebelling again, trying to undo what God did uh, in, in making many languages. But in this losing of language, we didn't just lose each other in language and not understand each other. We lost each other in cultures. We began to lose each other in various cultures. And it's one of the most challenging things for me sometimes working in Africa is I come from a Western culture, but working into an African culture is really challenging and vice versa because guys think a certain way within their culture. And so they hear things through the lens of culture instead of always what's being said. And that happens through every single cultural medium that you step into in a new culture. And so we lose each other we actually lose each other because we don't speak the same language anymore and this is something that God has actually done ultimately in Christ we find each other because the Bible says in Christ there's now no longer slave free Hebrew Greek so in the kingdom of God we actually do find a unity based on Christ if you come into the kingdom of God with anything outside of Christ outside of Jesus you cannot build unity on that which gives me a huge concern for much of the race wars that are happening right now around the world because many of those wars are orientated around I'm black or I'm white therefore and, and, and all of these things actually divide us they're actually thinking Babylonian if you're in Christ you're not black and if you're in Christ you're not white if you're in Christ you're dead and Christ lives in you. It is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And until we break from the Babylonian thinking in these things and start to see ourselves properly in the kingdom of God, that it is no longer I that lives. It's no longer slave, free, Hebrew, Greek. These were dividing cultural things. They are lost in Christ because we all died. And the life we live, we live for Christ. So in the kingdom, we do see unity, but it's a unity based on the person of Jesus. In Babylon, we find a unity based upon the recognition that my culture is important and you must accept it. My race is important and you must accept it. And all of these things are demonic Babylonian systems that will ultimately destroy. Because Jesus said, if you try and find your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. And so I want to speak to pretty much every single culture that roots itself in something outside of being in Jesus. You're thinking Babylonian and you're going to fail. So God comes and he brings about confusion. He, and, and the word Babel actually means confusion. Uh, and so God confuses the, the strength of humans. He confuses the desire of humans to have a unity outside of him. He confuses uh, the ability to, 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 to get things right. And so foolishness comes over them and they can't understand each other and they divide and they split and they actually in judgment start to obey God again. But the Babylonian spirit is not dead and Satan is still busy on the earth. And so we'll see he gathers the nations again together over and over again, often around a leader that will ultimately establish Babylon and this Babylonian system and thinking because he wants to extend his rule and reign on the earth. All right. So one of the things, again, we looked at now is Babylon is given over to confusion or uh, uh, Stupidity, really. You, you're no longer able to hear each other, to understand each other. Do you know that 
ultimately the world we live in has also been given over to confusion and to stupidity. Because the Bible says because we refused to honor God as God, God gave us over to a delusion, to do what we shouldn't do, which means we're gonna sin badly and we're going to be stupid. In, in Romans 1.28, and this is again, considering that Babylon is emerging, we're going to see the spirit of Babel, God will bring about a confusion, which is gonna frustrate Christians no end, because trying to talk to an unbeliever is like trying to talk to a brick wall. The guys just seem so stupid, they don't seem to be able to hear or think logically. And part of the thinking behind this is because God has given over to a delusion. Can I say, sometimes God has even given over Christians to a delusion. <laughs> And in Romans 1.28, read, Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do what ought not to be done. A depraved mind and a depraved lifestyle will always come about where Babylon emerges. Babylon is always emerging with a confusion. There's not a, there's not a lot of common sense around from, from a Christian perspective, from a godly. If you're looking at the world through God's lens, it looks crazy and stupid. How are you doing it? What are you thinking? But you can't reason with Babylon because Babylon has been given over to believe a lie. You can't moralize Babylon because God has given Babylon over to a depraved mind to do what should not be done. And Christians must spend less time trying to moralize Babylon and rather do what God has called us to do, which is to go into Babylon and preach the gospel, which is how we're going to end this series as I landed just now. So don't get frustrated in the world in which you live in. Don't get frustrated if people think that you're crazy and stupid as a Christian. This is what happens when people have been given over to a depraved mind. They no longer can see logic. They no longer can see what seems obvious to those who are seeing the truth. All right. What do we, how do we respond then in the light of a world that is crazy, has been given over to delusion, Babylon, confusion? How do we reach it? Well, the Bible tells us quite clearly that the gospel of Jesus Christ is, in Romans 1.16, the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. If Satan has a power, and we looked at that in series one, a great dunamis power to extend his, thing, his rule and reign on the earth, and he can use that power to influence the way people think, the way they act, uh, but now there's another power that gets injected into this, and it's a power of God. And God's power is far greater than the devil's power because the power of God is able to break shackles, to set people free, to cause blind eyes to see and deaf ears to unblock. And so here, as we preach the gospel, it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. And so as you and I are gold told to go into Babylon, Matthew 28, go into the world, go into the nations and make disciples out of those nations, bring them out of Babylon into the kingdom of God, into the new Jerusalem, into the, the, the place where God rules. As we preach the gospel, there is a power in the message, as simple as it is, that God loves you, that he died on a cross in your place. And if you would believe, he'll forgive you and accept you into his kingdom. You can't climb a ziggurat of religion to be right with God because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. Human pride will never attain heaven. Humility is what God finds attractive. And humility is acknowledging that I have fallen short of your glory. I have failed, God. Have mercy on me according to your unfailing love for I have rebelled against you the one true God the one true king and I have served Satan and my own fleshly evil desires forgive me for what I've done and in that humility in that moment God finds you and me and says the power of my message is that as you hear it 
It has the power to transform your life, to give you a new heart, to totally change that you'd be born again, the Bible says, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's not a woke, it is a born again experience where God's Spirit comes and lives inside of you and He redefines who you are. He redefines how you find your sense of worth. He redefines what you give your life to. Because as a Christian, you understand that the point of my being in creation is that I would glorify God and not get glory of my own. The greatest joy that I find now with this power that's worked in me is that I want God to be glorified. I don't want to be glorified. I don't want to make a name for myself. I don't want to be respected and revered. I want to be like Jesus who showed me the way of the Father by humbling himself and, and, and not coming with anything glorious or majesty that we should desire him, but making himself nothing. But in that nothingness, we find the attractiveness of God. We find that in humility, God is glorified as we come to bring him glory. Many of you watching this, Babylon has so infected us, we live for identity, we live for Facebook likes, we live that we would have a name and be respected. We wanna be coming to a church and have somebody love us and respect us, and if we love, we'll keep going back to the church. But all of that is rooted in Babylonian thinking, it's rooted in demonic thinking. We actually become a place for demons if we let those things into the church. In the church, there is no place for this. In the church, there's only place for Christ. And if you would come to Christ today, if you would accept him as your Lord and Savior, he will forgive you. Stop trying to build a temple that you can ascend to the heavens. You can't. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And the consequence of our actions is death. It's judgment. It's eternal separation because we drove God out of creation and did terrible evils to the planet that he made. So bad. I mean, Jesus said stuff like this. If you look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery with her in your heart. If you say, Raka, you fool, you've committed murder. To God, we are despicably evil. But God loves us and so comes to the earth to save us. Dies on a cross in my place, in your place, so that if you believe, he can forgive you. Come into your life by the power of the gospel and make you new, that you be born again of an imperishable spirit. Escape Babylon and become his. And I want to pray with you. And if, you, if you're hearing this and you, you're saying, Andrew, I hear this and I, I, I get it. It's making sense to me. I want to respond to this. And right now, on our screen, there's a place that you can respond. Please, would you respond right now? Uh, contact us. We'd love to pray with you and uh, make sure that you understand properly what's happened and help you. But I also want to pray with you right now. So let's close eyes and bow our heads and just, Father, I want to thank you that you've called us to escape from Babylon. You've said, come out of her, my people. And even as we hearing this message, there are some people that are coming out of Babylon because they've heard the message of the gospel preached here today. They've heard the power of God, which is able to save them from the devil's power. And if you're sitting there today and you, it's making sense, it's making sense because God is giving you eyes to see. Because before this, you were blinded by the God of this age, the Bible says. But the power of God is reaching out to you today so that if you believe, if you respond, he'll forgive you. He'll wash your sin away and he'll welcome you into his kingdom where he is God, but he is good. And you'll find that place that he made you to be as a human being. You'll find life, actually, and life in abundance, in the losing of your life for his name's sake. If you want to do that right now, Father, I pray for those that are responding. I pray right now where you are, just respond. Say, Lord, forgive me. Wash my sin away. I'm sorry for my rebellion to you. Come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me for what I've done and accept me because of your mercy. And if you prayed that prayer, 
God says, to whomever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Right now, the power of God is reaching you right where you're sitting, bringing you the power to transform, the power to know God, to love God, and to break free from this world. And I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would do a powerful work in the heart of every single person watching this, that you would redeem them from the world and the prince of this world and bring them out of Babylon, that they can escape and come into your purposes. For many of you watching this as Christians, some of the things I've said have freaked you out, but you must understand the Bible says that the whole world will be led astray by Satan. And Satan has got a way of creeping into our thinking, even into our theology, to actually pervert us. Remember, he's the angel of darkness who masquerades as an angel of light. And so he comes to us with things that seem good. And as Christians, very often, if we're not discerning, we buy into his philosophy, we buy into his theology, we buy into things that we think are going to be pleasing to God without realizing that we actually have bought a lie. We've been deceived and we've fallen away from what God actually intended us to. If you've been watching this and you realize you've been deceived, in this moment, you know, we don't know how deep deception goes, but we know that God is the way, the truth, and the life. And I'd love to pray with you that the Lord right now, Lord, for those that realize they're being deceived, would you come and begin to break them out of worldliness, break them out of wokeness, break them out of social justice, break them out of all the things that Babylon comes, that religious system which offers what we think is good. And let us come to the king who reveals a different kingdom and a different way. And I pray for us as Christians that in us, there'd be no longer slave, free, Hebrew, Greek, black or white, that you teach us how to truly die, that you teach us how to not want to make a name for ourselves, that we wouldn't come to be respected, we wouldn't come to have the seats of honor, we wouldn't come to be those that are loved, but we would come to love as you did, Lord, that we would pick up our cross and deny ourselves and lose our lives for your sake, that our life's purpose would not be to establish a little kingdom for ourselves, a little home for ourselves, a little life for ourselves, but that we would hear the message of going into all the world, that we would preach the good news of the gospel, that all men could be saved. Father, I pray you'd help us to do this. Break Babylon out of us, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions or would like to connect, email us at connect at gospelcentral.church or visit our website, gospelcentral.church. God bless.